0: This is John coming to you from inside the Cowboys and inside the star.com today We're going to continue our positional preview with a look at the defensive line Uh, We're going to spend the first part of the episode looking at the defensive ends and then the back half We'll look at the defensive tackles Uh, And if you have if you've listened to the previous podcast, you you know that i'm really excited about this defensive end group Um, They just got pressure coming from all directions. They're gonna have uh three or four guys that are going to be able to consistently put pressure on the quarterback. They're going to have guys that can play the run. Uh, you look at Demarcus Lawrence off the top. He's an all-pro player. He's as good playing the run as he is rushing the passer. Probably the best uh, two-way defender, um, not named Aaron Donald in the NFL. If you look at playmaking EPA that our guy Cowboy at Cowboy Stats puts out, it'll show you that Demarcus Lawrence was right there um, above Khalil Mack, there above J.J. Watt, Vaughn Miller and uh, was a super productive uh, playmaker, Um, disrupting the run, rushing the passer, getting pressure, getting sacks. Um, And now he's going to have a little bit of help. You know, he had Randy Gregory playing well last year, but um, it kind of took Randy Gregory about half the season to really get comfortable, which is, you know, understandable. He'd been out of football for so long. But now Demarcus Lawrence has another all-pro player on the other side of the field, that is going to be able to take a little bit of the pressure off of him. Um, going to be able to attract some some double teams on occasion. Um, That's going to allow Demarcus Lawrence to kind of be on an island a little bit more uh, against right tackles. Um, and you know, after signing his big contract, you know, a lot of people might be a little bit concerned that he's going to you know have a little bit of a drop off. But if you know Demarcus Lawrence and You know, if you've watched him enough, then you're going to know that he's a player that is going to bring 100 percent intensity every time he gets on the field. And he's one of the leaders in the defensive line room. And uh, you don't have to worry about the effort and the production that you're going to get out of him because he's he's wanting that Hall of Fame jacket, even as he said. And and that only comes from having consistent production year in and year out and now we've seen back-to-back seasons where he's had 10 plus sacks and i think we're going to see the same thing i mean he may not have a 14 15 sack season this year but that's more of a credit to the rest of the help he's got on the defensive line right now he's got five six guys that have had at least a five sack season in their career and so it's not going to be all on demarcus lawrence this year to to get pressure and 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 produce sacks um you know you're, you're You're glad that you have a guy like him because he's going to draw a lot of attention away from the other side of the defensive line, from the defensive interior. Uh, It's like having you know Amari Cooper on the outside. It just opens so much up um, for for the rest of his defensive line teammates. Uh, Just like Amari Cooper does for the offense, Demarcus Lawrence does that for the defense, and um, he's just a, a disruptive playmaker and. You know, I'd imagine that we're going to look at anywhere from 9 to 12, 13 sacks this year from DeMarcus Lawrence. Um, you know, If he gets around that, I think it's going to be a successful season. Um, you know, If he doesn't hit 10 sacks, it's not because he wasn't a good player this year. It's because uh, the guys on the other side and, and some of his backups were just as productive. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not going to – they may not – reach 10 sacks themselves, but um, as a group, they're going to be a really, really dynamic group at at defensive end, Uh, which moves us to Robert Quinn. Um, Man, what a trade by uh, Jerry Jones, Will McClay, Stephen Jones, to get Robert Quinn from Miami for uh, essentially a sixth round pick. Um, You're never going to find a player of that caliber in the draft uh, at that point. And so to be able to spend that pick on that player, uh, somebody who's had a 19-sack season, he's a former All-Pro, um, even in his most recent years in Miami, he was productive, dealt with some injuries, um, but still had had productive seasons for the Dolphins um, when he was the focal point of the defense. Um, when, when offensive game plans were centered on slowing down Robert Quinn, he was still having productive seasons, and so... I think you need to be really really excited about what the defensive ends are going to bring um, to the table you know robert quinn has got just as much ability to rush the passer as he does play the run and so when teams attempt to run wide at the dallas cowboys you're going to see a lot of um splash plays and in between demarcus lawrence and robert quinn they're going to be holding up the tackles really well uh, which will just open things up again for uh, the linebacker group for the defensive tackles to get penetration. you know now you have between DeMarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn, you've got two guys who are going to draw a lot of attention uh, from opposing offenses uh, which should just open things up for the defensive tackles to to get pressure on the quarterback to make plays in the running game. And so I like I said before, I think you know Demarcus Lawrence may have fewer sacks this year than he did last year but that's not a bad thing. That just means that you're getting more production from the rest of the guys on the defensive line. It's not all on DeMarcus Lawrence. Remember all those years when, you know, DeMarcus Ware was, you know, putting up 15, 12 sacks a season, but he wasn't getting much help from anywhere else. Well, you know, and and last year and the year before with DeMarcus Lawrence, we were getting a lot of production out of DeMarcus Lawrence, but we weren't getting much help anywhere else. That's not going to be the case in 2019. In 2019, you're going to get DeMarcus Lawrence's production. He's going to be a disruptive pass pass rusher, a disruptive run, run defender. Uh, but Robert Quinn is going to be really good on the other side as well. Robert Quinn, he's probably going to approach 10 sacks himself. And um, you could have two guys with 10 sacks this season on the defensive line. If that doesn't happen, it's not, again, because – they weren't good, it's because you're going to have a, a very well-distributed um, sack production from these guys. Um, and so I think there's a lot to be excited about with DeMarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn. And um, Rod Miller- Marinelli is going to have a lot of fun scheming up um, you know, his defense for these guys. Um, and then if you look at the backups... Yeah, there's a you know always, there's always going to be a drop off when you go from a starter level player to a backup, and um, but you're going from Demarcus Lawrence, Robert Quinn, uh, and your third and fourth defensive ends are who Tyrone Crawford and Randy Gregory, or Kerry Hyder and Randy Gregory. Well, Randy Gregory just put up a six sack season just last year. Only and really, it took him again it took him about half the year to, to really start to produce. But again, he'd been away from football for so long that it's understandable that it would take him a little bit to get his gears going. And and once he did, he was super disruptive over the second half of the season. That's part of the reason you saw DeMarcus Lawrence's sack numbers start to kind of tail off a little bit. It's because Randy Gregory was getting to the quarterback a little bit more frequently. Uh, and then and if he's able to play this season, which I think he's going to be able to with the way the NFL is going and their marijuana policy, I think that... Um, it's just going to open up the opportunity for randy gregory to play will he be available for training camp i think that remains to be seen because we know that the commissioner's office is usually pretty slow to um, rule on um, indefinite suspensions and reinstatements and so it may not be until the season that randy gregory is is available to play but if what we hear is true he's been working out he's been um, trying to get better even though he can't work out at uh, with the team um, or be at the facility you know there's a lot of ways that he can put in the work um, to get better on the side and um, and so I think we're going to continue to see a productive Randy Gregory uh, and and I think you know if he's even the backup to Robert Quinn over on the right side of the defensive line you're gonna get waves on waves of pass rushers over there you know if robert quinn's getting 60 to 70 percent of the snaps and then you got randy gregory for 30 to 40 percent of the snaps that's just going to be that's going to put constant pressure on those left tackles it's going to be really really difficult for them to keep up with those guys because robert quinn and randy gregory are a little bit different quinn is more similar to demarcus lawrence where he plays with a balance of power and strength um where randy gregory he's he's a, a bendy super speed you know really quick rusher he's more twitchy than um uh, than he is strong and so i think uh bringing somebody like him off the bench is kind of a nice change up we talk about change of pace running backs a lot of the time and and here we're going to have like a change of pace defensive end Um, that's just going to be able to throw some curveballs at at these uh left tackles and then on the other side behind uh demarcus lawrence we've got uh carrie who you know, several years ago, 2016, uh, was a super productive pass rusher for the Detroit Lions. He had an eight-sack season over there. He was a relative unknown until he had had that, that season. Uh, but you don't just get eight sacks by accident. It's, it's really hard to get consistent pressure week in and week out um, in the NFL, unless you're a good player. And Kerry Hyder is a good player, and he's really a um, of you know, extra valuable resource coming off the bench. For the Dallas Cowboys Um, what we what we know is that he's probably going to be a reserve player um, and but getting him back to defensive end is going to really help him a lot Um, Matt Patricia had him playing three four nose tackle at 270 pounds um, which I've never seen anything like that before you know a few years back we had Jay Ratliff Uh, that was playing nose tackle in Wade Phillips' 3-4 defense, Um, and we thought he was undersized. Well, he was playing at about 300 pounds, which is technically undersized for a 3-4 tackle. Generally, those guys are about 330, 340. Um, But if we thought Jay Ratliff was undersized at 300, just imagine how Kerry Hyder was feeling at 270, trying to go up against centers and guards and taking on double teams at that weight. It shows a lot of... um, character that he's willing to just go in and do that job even though he was completely out of position um but now we get him back at his home on the defensive end uh and he's like i said he's a guy that he can rush the passer he can play the run um he's physical he's the right kind of guy he's a guy that rod miller would love to have on the defensive line and so if you're bringing him off the bench to play behind demarcus lawrence that's that's an excellent um an excellent addition for the Dallas Cowboys this season. Uh, you're not going to have, um, as big a drop-off, um, if you might've been going to Taco Charlton, um, or maybe Dorrance Armstrong from last, last year, uh, which brings us to Dorrance Armstrong. sounds like things are really looking up for him. He's having a productive off season. Um, he was one of the standouts from the OTAs at minicamp. Um, some of it, what it's going to be for Dorrance Armstrong is can that transition into training camp? Can he continue that through? Uh, and then can he take that into the regular season? Um, and we've already talked about you know, five or four defensive ends um, that are probably going to be getting snaps ahead of him in Lawrence, Quinn, Gregory, Heider. Uh But if Dorrance Armstrong is able to do something with the limited, limited snaps that he gets, um, that'll really show us whether or not uh, he's ready to take the next step in his NFL career. Uh, you know, it's difficult You know when you're, a, um, you know, a 25% snaps guy, um, to really have consistent production because you're coming in cold for maybe one or two snaps and then you're coming back off the field or you're maybe in for a series. Well, then you, then you sit out, you know, the next four or five series. Um, And so it's going to be interesting to see how Dorrance Armstrong takes his offseason work, transitions to training camp, takes that into the regular season. He'll be one of the players that'll be interesting to watch uh, moving forward. Uh, And then we've got, uh, you know, Tyrone Crawford. I think, you know, he'll probably move more back to the three tech, uh, play more inside with the depth that they've got at the defensive end position. Um, But he can still give you snaps at either defensive end spot. He's, you know, he's a, a good run player. He's great on stunts. Um, and he's been a productive player for the Cowboys at defensive end. And so it'll be interesting to see how they deploy him. Um, you know, I've always felt like his best position on the defensive line would be at three tech. Um, but you know, the Cowboys haven't always agreed. (laughs) and That's okay. You know, they're the ones getting paid the money. They're the ones that do all the scouting. They have all the access to these guys. Um, but I'll be, I'll be really interested to see if they can move him back to three technique and, um, maybe get him doing some penetrating pass rushing there at the defensive tackle spot. Uh, Further on down the line, we've got Taco Charlton. I wrote a piece on Taco Charlton over at InsideTheStar.com earlier this offseason, talking about how I I think he's going to make the roster. I know there's been conversation about potentially him being cut, but I just don't see how they give up on their first-round draft pick from just two years ago um, after – two seasons yes he's had he's been up and down he's been inconsistent uh, but if you look at you know the the last half of his 2017 season he really started to come on he wasn't getting a lot of sacks but he was getting pressure he was making tackles for losses he was making stops um, which according to pro football focus are like a loss for the defense so maybe he made a stop that forced a a fourth down or um, a stop that didn't go for kind of the expected yardage that should have been gained on that play. Um, And then the the first half of the 2018 season, he had started to kind of carry that over uh, before he had gotten injured. And then um, Randy Gregory really came on strong. And then when Taco Charlton was coming back from injury, there were fewer snaps for him uh, because of Randy Gregory's play, because of Tyrone Crawford. uh, Dorrance Armstrong was getting a few more snaps. And so he's an interesting player because, yes, he has not been – as productive as you'd hope your first round draft pick would be. Uh, but he hasn't been a, a, absolutely terrible player. Um, yes, compared to TJ Watt, he's not shown up. Um, but again, he's a former first round pick. You've only had him for two years. You get him for 2018 season, 29 or sorry, the 2019 season, and the 2020 season. Um, and you know, before the 2020 se- next off season, you kind of have to make a decision on him. Um, and at the, at the moment, it doesn't look like the Cowboys would have much reason to pick up his fifth round or his fifth year rookie option. Um, but, I don't. I, again, I just don't see how you move on from him after just two years. Uh, you know, if, if you get into training camp and he's just not looking like he's advanced at all in his ability, um, he's not, you know, working hard, he's not putting forth the effort, then maybe you you take a really hard look at it. Maybe you explore a trade, uh, but I just don't get the the feeling. I don't get the sense that that they're ready to move on from him just yet. Which means they you know they may have to go pretty pretty heavy at the defensive end position if they want to carry all of these guys. Which you know I don't imagine that they're gonna look for trades for, uh, Kerry Hyder or. Uh, taco charlton or Dorrance armstrong um, because they value pass rushers they value the defensive end position they need you know guys that are going to be able to consistently rush the passer and and they value hard workers and you know they've got a really strong group of guys right now Um, and you know if a trade presents itself yeah maybe but you know a team that's built to contend this year and and potentially go to the super bowl it's really hard to send away good quality depth um you know, just briefly, I want to touch on touch on Joe Jackson and Jalen Jelks. Uh, these are popular guys uh, among kind of Cowboys analysts, Cowboys fans. I just don't see a, uh, a way for them to make the fifty three man roster uh, with the group of defensive ends that they currently have. Um, you know, I've named six or yeah, six guys that or seven guys that they could carry at defensive end, um, and so for jokes and for Joe Jackson, it's going to be very difficult uh, for them to to make the roster, but it's not impossible. I mean, depending on injuries, suspensions, you know, it's the Cowboys, something always comes up. And so it's just a matter of seeing um, who's going to be there and who's going to be available um, before you can make a decision on these guys. But I think they're probably going to be more practice squad players, um, which isn't a bad thing, you know, and then, you know, if somebody picks them up off their practice squad, that, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's kind of one of the good problems that you have when you have that much depth. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, um, and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the defensive tackle position. Appreciate you listening to Inside the Cowboys. And we're back at Inside the Cowboys. Um, make sure you go check out my work at insidethestar.com and follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. Follow Cowboys Nation at Cowboys Nation for all your uh, Dallas Cowboys information. Uh, we're getting ready for training camp here in a couple weeks, and there's going to be some interesting defensive tackle positions. In the first segment, we talk about the defensive ends, and so now we're going to touch on the defensive tackles for a bit. And, again, it's a it's an interesting group to to watch. Um, really, I think the headliner of this group is going to be Malik Collins. Uh, you got a player that is coming into a contract year. He'll be a free agent in the 2020 offseason. And uh, he's been a guy that's been just you know bit by the injury bug for most of his career never really fully healthy never able to make it through a, a full training camp um, which has really hindered his development a little bit you've seen flashes of uh of a really good uh, penetrating three tech out of malik collins um and you know it's 2016 rookie season he had five sacks uh, 2017 they had to throw him in more as a, a one tech defensive tackle uh because of david irving's presence um, And you know it's a little bit out of position for him, but he was he was effective and he was disruptive. Um, But moving forward into 2019, I think he's a player that's really gonna really gonna shine. He's gonna have a really productive season because uh, he's a good player. Um, He may you know not be an Aaron Donald, but there aren't many players like that out there. But he's gonna be a disruptive player for you. He's gonna be a player that's gonna um, you know approach five six sacks. He's got the talent. Um, if he can stay healthy um, and not get dinged up um, to be a potential 10 sack guy on the interior um, and when I say dinged up it's not you know he's not missed games because of his injuries much much of the time but um, he's just you know been hobbled and slowed and we saw that in the Los Angeles Rams playoff game where you know he had a, a bit of a bum shoulder or maybe he was an ankle actually and um, and he had an illness uh, and that just slows you down it, it just decreases your power it decreases your explosiveness um, and so you know if he's able to get through this training camp and, and stay relatively healthy you know and not be slowed down or limited in practice time I think we're going to see a guy that really develops and, and comes on strong for the 2019 season he's just a really he's a really good player he's got good quickness he's got uh, good penetrating ability he's strong he's going to be able to move most of the guards in the nfl um, and i think you know having a player like tristan hill uh that can come in behind him is going to help him uh, you know to stay fresh for his for his snaps you know you know i think we're not going to. it's not going to be like a 50 50 split right off the st- right off the off the back because um you know i think he'll keep at least 60 to 70% of the snaps to start the season um, but the Dallas Cowboys have said they want to use Tristan Hill they're not going to ease him in slowly they're going to you know have a role for him right off the bat and so you know Malik Collins may take your early downs um and most and some of your pass rush downs and then you're going to see Tristan Hill use a lot of the time as well in both situations but i think Um, they'll use him primarily on pass rush downs to get going um, because he's got a an excellent ability to penetrate get off the snap Um, you just tell him to hit the gap and go and and I think he'll be a productive player Um, and so you got two guys right there uh, in your defensive tackle positions that are going to be able to cause disruption on the interior especially on pass rush downs Um, they're going to be guys that in Malik Collins and Tristan Hill that uh, you can, on third down, third and long, you're going to be able to slide Malik Collins over to one tech, bring Tristan Hill off the bench to play three tech, and you're going to have really, really good production from those two. You're going to have uh, disruption. And, and are, the two of them will only benefit from um, having Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn on the outside uh, to take all the attention. I mean, how many times are they going to be chipped by running backs because of Lawrence and Quinn? Um, getting upfield, or Lawrence and Gregory, or Hyder and Gregory. And so Collins and Hill are, I think, are about to have really productive seasons at the three-tech position because of the, uh, you know, one, they're good players, and then two, you're going to have really good players on the outside um, rushing from the edge. Um, You know, moving over to the one-tech position, I think you're looking at Antoine Woods as the kind of presumptive starter at this point. And he really came on strong, he came out of nowhere in 2018. He had a great camp. Um, you know, there were times that he was, you know, making life difficult for Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, and uh, and so I think going into 2019, we're gonna have, we're gonna see a continually improving Antoine Woods. Um, you know, at the one tech position, you're not gonna necessarily see a lot of sacks, but um, that's not the only way to judge one tech uh, play. You know, if he's holding up the the line, if he's getting some penetration and he's, you know, taking on blockers to allow his, you know, defensive end and three tech counterparts to to get upfield, then that then he's doing his job. His job is to take on the center, uh, draw double teams in the on the interior, and then free up room for the linebackers to run and and the the three tech to get some penetration. And so, you know, Antoine Woods, Christian Covington, I think make a, for a really good one tech rotation. Um, you know, Christian Covington can also give you some three tech snaps if necessary. But I think um, for him and, and Woods, you know, their, their job is primarily going to be to, you know, play the run and, and to hold up blockers so that Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderesh and Sean Lee and Joe Thomas can um, roam sideline to sideline, get upfield. Um, and make plays on the running back and in the passing game um you know we saw against the rams when woods again also was limited that uh you know the linebackers didn't have a very good game because the rams offensive line was quickly getting to the second level sealing off the linebackers and gurley and cj anderson were, were having a field day and had all kinds of room to run i think um you know, with a healthier Antoine Woods, with a Christian Cummington who was a 3-4 defensive end uh, for the Houston Texans, um, I think you're going to have a lot of strength and a lot of power uh, playing the, the run in the defensive tackle, or the one-tech defensive tackle position, um, which, again, just is going to make things a lot easier uh, for your second-level run defense. Um, you know, I think with this group of defensive tackles, you're not going to experience near as much drop-off as you might have last season. Um, you know, they were throwing in Karan Reed or um, how oh, the other guy's name is escaping me, but you know, the the defense just didn't have the the talent and the depth at defensive tackle and we haven't even talked about Tyrone Crawford yet, who I think is gonna see a lot of snaps at, at three technique because of the the log jam really that you have at defensive end. you um, you got you know, but with Tyrone Crawford you've got a guy who's been a productive interior rusher. Um who's had to play more on the outside because of just the lack of talent that you've had on the outside over the recent years. Um, but I really I really do believe that he's a, a better three-tech than he is a, a, a weak side defensive end where he's played most of the last couple seasons. And so if you're able to bring him off the bench in a rotation at three-tech with um, Malik Collins and, and Tristan Hill, that is a really, really strong uh, three-tech rotation that's going to put a lot of pressure on de- our offensive interiors and, uh, you know, just like on the outside, we were talking about with Robert Quinn and, and Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory, Doran Strong, Kerry Hyder, where the Dallas Cowboys are able to bring waves on waves on waves of rushers. They're going to be able to do the same thing on the interior as well. And so, you know, looking at the Dallas Cowboys defensive line as a whole, you're going to have a lot of uh, pass rush pass rush ability. These are going to be guys that are going to be able to get upfield, get penetration, disrupt the quarterback, uh, but you're also not going to lose anything in the running game either because all of these guys are effective uh, two-way players, if you want to call them that. Where you might have, in on some other teams, you might have guys who are run specialists and pass specialists. Um, kind of aside from your one technique guys, you have a group of players that can do both and do both really well. They can run. You know, run stop well. They can rush the passer well, um, and so this is a really really exciting group. And I think it's a group that they go long at. I, I would, would not be surprised to see them keep 10 or 11 defensive linemen this year because of how good they are, uh, how strong this group is, and um, you know it's going to make life difficult for some of the the late round rookie draft picks or the undrafted free agents to make the team you know we haven't even touched on daniel wise yet who was a really good player out of kansas and the team is really excited about it. he was one of the premier undrafted free agents in the, in the nfl um but I, unless there's some moves that are made it just seems really difficult for a guy like that to make the opening week roster um again unless there's some trades made or um, some surprise releases which there always are there are always people that you don't expect to get released come uh, you know the cutdown day that that do get released but um, for Daniel Wise he's gonna have to have a really strong training camp um, just like any of the you know undrafted rookies or the late round rookie draft picks they're gonna have to have really strong training camps in order to make this squad out of training camp and Um, you know it's possible there's you know there's always a surprise or two Um, but with the depth that the defensive line group has this season it I just don't see a way for for them to break through again unless there's an injury or a trade or suspension and um, yeah you know it's going to be really fun to watch training camp is going to be really exciting this year because of a lot of the one-on-one battles the team drills are going to be really interesting to to follow and um, you know it'll the defensive line, in particular, is one of the position groups I'm most excited to see going into 2019. Hey, and we, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Thank you so much for for taking the time to listen to our pod, this new podcast. Make sure you go and you rate it, uh, write us a review. We're now on Google Podcasts, um, but yeah, we, we're we're available all over the place now. And um, share us with your friends. Remember, it's Inside the Cowboys and for InsideTheStar.com. I'm John Williams. Have a nice day.